as you know, so many things to pray about during these days. And so I want us to uh, take a little extra time and just pray. And uh, pray uh, for um, God's will to be done and things in this world. Uh, as we many of us have lived through and seen these things before, here we are again with another one of those seasons of time. Let me just open us. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day, and we thank You for life, and we thank You for another day that You have given to us, all of us. And um, we all come with various uh, needs and conditions, and we come and present those before You in the name of Jesus. We thank You, Lord Jesus, You are our High Priest, and You hear our prayers and You respond to us. Your heart is with us in heaven as Your heart is moved by uh, and shows mercy to the righteous and the unrighteous alike. We thank You for Your grace to us that we can find grace and mercy in time of need. That's our personal prayer, but we do pray for the peace of Jerusalem and we pray for your purposes and will to be accomplished there in that land, also in the other wars that are going on around the world. You told us, Lord, there'd be wars and rumors of wars. That's the beginning of the real trouble that will come. All these birth pains, they point us toward a reminder of your soon return May we live as Your people, ready to go, ready to leave all that You've given to us, say goodbye to it because heaven is our home. We can't imagine what it's like. It'll be far more glorious than anything we can even fathom here. If we've enjoyed it here, what will heaven really be like? Help us to set our minds on heaven above the chaos and the trouble and the warfare and the, the evil one and temptation and all the trials. We do, we do present to You our world and we say Your will be done. Your kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven. That's how You've taught us to pray. We thank You for what You give us each day. We thank You for Your kindness and mercy to us. We pray, Lord, for the ministry life of this church. We thank You for this place. We thank You for its years of ministry and the faithfulness of <clears throat> many leaders who have come and gone here. And Lord, for the many people who have been here with us and many of our friends and those we have sat in this room with in years gone by are now in heaven. And so, Lord, we... We thank You for the ministry life of this church in its past, and now we thank You for the life and ministry of this church today. We pray for all that's going on. All Brother Tim's got a hundred students out here, out here in the barn outside, and he's so excited about that. They've all brought their friends, Lord, tonight. Many of them don't know the Lord. Brother Tim's going to share the gospel tonight, how we pray for fruitfulness and for souls to be saved, young people. Many of us remember when we began our walk with you, and it was when we were young, how we thank you for that. We pray for Brother Ken, so much, so many wonderful things. Oh, the energy of the children. And thank you for his ministry hard, and thank you for the great work that goes on. We thank You for the hundreds of children that You have blessed our church with. Hundreds of them. All ages from preschool all the way uh, through elementary school. What a privilege it is to see them all here. We pray for our CDC ministry and also for pre-K. All of these parents that come our way that don't go to church, we are trying our best, Lord, to invite them to come and be with us pray that you would help us to do the right things with that ministry. We pray for Brother Jeff and the choir and the orchestra. They, 
They are preparing so that they might sing praise and honor and lead us in praise and honor as we come to celebrate the coming of the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> thank you for Brother Jeff's healing. We thank you for the good report he's gotten. We thank you that he is doing well. And thank you for Chris, his wife. We pray, Lord, that you would just bless our time now tonight in your word. We know there are important things for you to teach us from Isaiah. This man of God who stood and ministered to many kings and who was greatly used when he saw you, you gave him important words through the Holy Spirit to teach us and speak to us and some of what he preached has yet to be fulfilled as it relates to Israel and to your coming. Some of it he preached has already been fulfilled in the first coming of the Lord. What, an, what a marvelous thing for us to see and read the Word of God which tells us about what you've done in the past but also points us to the future. You're at work in our world. May we see that and understand it. May we live as those, as the Lord said, who are watching and waiting for your return. May we be a church that honors Jesus by sharing the gospel and discipling people and making that our priority. So Lord, we pray that you'd forgive us of our sins and that you'd open our hearts and minds to your word tonight. Give us an understanding in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. The outline is there. We continue to look at our, our task is going to be in the days ahead to take ourselves through Isaiah 40 through 66 through the end of this book and look at the glory of the Messiah. Come on in, folks. You had to find us. It was a secret. It was a secret. You had to be a detective to find us tonight. But here we are. So good to see all of you. So anyway, our task is uh, Isaiah 40 through 66, and we're not, uh, we're not in any hurry. As long as the Lord gives us time, we'll do it. And I'll really try to explain some things along the way because I know uh, for some of us, uh, some of these things are new, and some of these things for some of you are old, you're aware of them, but I'm, I don't want to assume that everybody knows uh, some of the background and some of the things are important, so I may pause like I'm going to do tonight before we start and talk a little bit about the importance of the Holy Spirit in relationship to the Bible and in relationship especially to the prophets in the Old Testament all the way through to John the Baptist who was the final prophet uh, himself prophesied to come who was in the spirit of Elijah who was a prophet. So uh, let's read, though, again, Isaiah 40, and then we'll get our minds going around this. And I know you've been in the flurry of activity, so <laughs> we'll all try to get our minds, you know, a little bit settled here. And, uh, and that'll be good. So the preacher preaches here. Isaiah says, and we read it last week, and we looked at some things. Now we're back there again. Comfort, O oh comfort, my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity has been removed, that she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice is calling. Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. Let the rough ground become a plain and the rugged terrain a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, call out. Then he answered, what shall I call out? All flesh is grass and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of our God stands forever. Get yourself up on a high mountain, O Zion. 
This is another name for Jerusalem. Bearer of good news, lift up your voice mightily, O Jerusalem. Bearer of good news, lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with might, with His arm ruling for Him. Behold, His reward is with Him, and His recompense, His repayment before Him. Like a shepherd, He will tend His flock. In His arm, He will gather the lambs and carry them in His bosom. And He will greatly lead the nursing ewes. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of His hand? and marked off the heavens by span, and calculated the dust of the earth by the measure, and weighed the mountains in a balance, and the hills in a pair of scales. Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord, or as His Counselor has informed Him? With whom did He consult, and who gave Him understanding? And who taught Him in the path of justice, and taught Him knowledge, and informed Him of the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are regarded as a speck of dust on the scales. Behold, He lifts up the islands like fine dust. Even Lebanon is not enough to burn, nor its beasts enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before Him. They are regarded by Him as less than nothing and meaningless. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare with him? As for the idol, a craftsman casts it, a goldsmith plates it with gold, a silversmith fashions chains of silver. He who is too impoverished for such an offering selects a tree that does not rot. He seeks out for himself a skillful craftsman to prepare an idol that will not totter. Do you not know... Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? He who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He it is who reduces rulers to nothing, who makes the judges of the earth meaningless. Scarcely have they been planted, scarcely have they been sown, scarcely has their stock taken root in the earth. But He merely blows on them and they wither, and the storm carries them away like stubble. To whom then will you liken me that I would be His equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. <clears throat> the one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them all by name. Because of the greatness of His might and the strength of His power, not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting... God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength, they will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of the Word of God. And may the Holy Spirit of God help us understand these words tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alright, so if you go to your outline, God's Word is eternally comforting to repentant sinners. So, Again, let's get our minds around this. Isaiah was a prophet to Judah, uh, Judah, Israel. Uh, Israel was the, there was a split between Israel and Judah. You have the ten, you have the, the rebellious tribes of Israel who are in the north, and then you have Judah in the south. And so you have this, uh, Isaiah is working and talking and preaching to, uh, to Judah, 
and he is also he was also a a, a prophet for many many years with three different kings. In chapter thirty nine, we saw the words that he spoke to Hezekiah, Hezekiah being the last of these kings. And uh, so I want to talk a little bit about the prophets and the Holy Spirit and how we read our Bible. Um, you know, reading the Bible can be uh, reading it like literature. It can be, you know, learning all the words and the things and, and for information purposes and, to, and for knowledge. And we do that in the church. We do that. We try to teach everybody what, <clears throat> what are these words, what do they mean, how do they all go together. <clears throat> but actually we have to remember at the beginning that the record of our Bible from Genesis to Revelation is a record of words that we call inspired. They're given by God. They're given by the Holy Spirit. They're supernatural words. They're not just uh, words like other religious books. In fact, the very way they read, the very tone, when you read the Bible, it has a different, we call it a voice. It, it, it speaks differently. And that is what we call the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uh, speaks to us. God the Holy Spirit speaks to us through the Word of God. So I want to talk about the prophets. So in your Bible, you know, you have all of these prophets listed uh, all the way through <coughs> from Samuel all the way through. There's so many. And your Bible has many of these prophets listed here toward the back. You have Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. They go on and you can read all of, you know, Zechariah. I'm just thumbing through Haggai, Zephaniah. So you have all of these prophets. So what does a prophet do? A prophet declares God's Word after the Holy Spirit tells him what to say. He doesn't come up with his own ideas. So these men were uh, unique men. Uh, they were strange in many ways. They were willing to do what God called them to do. And uh, the majority of them were killed by Israel and Judah. Uh, Israel, God's people killed the prophets God sent them. And then the day came and along with the Gentiles they killed the Messiah, the Lord Jesus. So the prophets, as I've given you on your outline here, were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. So when we get saved, and we believe in Jesus Christ and we're born again, <clears throat> something strange happens. We can't quite understand it, but it's a spiritual thing. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of us, changes and affects our mind, changes and affects our desires and our values. We're a changed person. We're, we're possessed by the Holy Spirit. It's a <clears throat> quite a powerful thing. So the Holy Spirit would come on these men and they would preach and they said strange things. That's why you notice we read, I mean, Isaiah 40 is 31 verses long. And here we are, our second week, and I'll go ahead and warn you, <laughs> we'll be there next week again. <coughs> so you have this, uh, these words that we have to pause and we have to read them carefully and think about them. They are, uh, they are it is the preaching of these men of God by the Holy Spirit. So secondly, the Holy Spirit spoke through the prophets concerning the sufferings of Jesus and His, and His promise to come. Now one more time, remember, when we say Jesus Christ, Jesus is His name, Yeshua, given to Him uh, as the angel told Mary, but Christ is, the, is a title. It means promised one. Jesus promised one. Jesus Messiah. So all of the Old Testament, <clears throat> as we'll get to uh, Lord willing, next week in Genesis when we come back to it, all of the Old Testament points toward a promised one who would come, who would destroy Satan and deliver and forgive people of their sins. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So in your Bible there, I've, I've, you don't have to look it up, but in, I've given it to you here. Second Peter, Peter the Apostle says, So we have a prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. And then he reminds us all that first of all, no prophecy of the Scripture, that is all these prophets and all these words of prophecy which talk about things that are predicted to come. No prophecy about Jesus. No prophecy of Scripture was ever made by an act of human will. But notice the last phrase, I've underlined it for you there 
men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. <clears throat> so, the Holy Spirit led these prophets in their ministry and their preaching. I've given you also 1 Peter 1, when Peter talks about as our salvation, talking about being saved and what it's like. He says, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries. Now notice the words that I put in bold print. <clears throat> These prophets were seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ, that's another way of describing the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit within them was indicating. So the Holy Spirit was in them and filling and influencing their mind as they were also trying to understand what it is that they needed to know about the person and the time and the Holy Spirit was working within them. And notice it says <clears throat> he was, uh, he, that He was indicating and predicting the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. And that's what we have all through the prophets. Either His sufferings are being prophesied before they happen. Many of these uh, prophets are hundreds of years before the Lord Jesus walked on the earth. Or they're predicting the second coming of Jesus when He comes again. So the glories of the Lord Jesus. So notice, I'll pick it up again. Uh, he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. <coughs> it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you in these things which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things into which angels long to look. So you have words like Isaiah 61, where Isaiah actually says words that the Lord Jesus said when He read these words in His synagogue as He began His ministry. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. See, that's what was happening. Every time you read the words of one of these prophets, remember this, they're speaking, they're writing based on the Holy Spirit. They're, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and these are Holy Spirit words. So I gave you now one other thing about the Holy Spirit. John 16 is where the Lord Jesus is talking to the disciples and to us about what the Holy Spirit does. <clears throat> so look at it there on your Bible. I mean on your outline. John 16, when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak of His own initiative, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take of Mine and will disclose it to you." Here's the amazing thing. The prophets are preaching, filled with the Holy Spirit. And listen, the Holy Spirit is in us, teaching us the words that He gave to them. So this is an amazing thing. The Holy Spirit, the Bible, this is why people say before they're a Christian, well, I can't figure out what the, how, how you, what the Bible's all about. It's like a puzzle. It's like a riddle. Yes? Because you have to understand and be saved and have a spiritual mind. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. So all of a sudden you read the Bible after you become a Christian and it starts to make sense. Well, that's because you're reading it spiritually. You're not reading it like someone would do when they're reading it in school just trying to learn the chapters and the history and all the rest. These are spiritual words is what I'm trying to say. Every word of your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. But we're in these prophets. So as I've given you here, the words of Isaiah are the words of the Holy Spirit predicting and promising the sufferings and glories of Jesus Messiah. When you read these words, the Holy Spirit is speaking. When you read these words, Listen to them because the Holy Spirit is speaking. People say, well, how do I know what the Holy Spirit wants to say? Well, you read your Bible. When you read your Bible, you'll learn to understand what the Holy Spirit wants to say because what does the Lord Jesus, what does the Holy Spirit do? I read it to you there in John 16 and I underlined it. He will glorify me. He will take of mine and disclose it to you. In other words, He'll take all these truths about that are buried in our Bible all the way from Genesis all the way to the end, and He, the Holy Spirit will reveal them to us. So look, we're reading God's Word so that we might know about Jesus Christ. That's what this is all about. So, the words of Isaiah are words of promise to Israel, who after the times of the Gentiles 
will be saved again. So all along the way, now this is very important because these are the two things that we will see all through this study. We will see Isaiah prophesying to, to Judah, to, the, to Israel. The tribe of Judah is very important uh, as it relates to the Lord Jesus. So he's going to be preaching to, this, to, the, to the Jews of Judah and Jerusalem. We've just all been reminded that there's a Jerusalem recently, a real place. And since 1947, Jews have been coming back, and now there are millions of Jews now again in Jerusalem and in that land. So what we must remember is that the, the work of God with Israel is not done. There are things yet to be done, and so this is why I gave you Romans 11, 25 and 26. Paul says, I do not want you to be uninformed of a mystery so that you will not be wise in your own estimation. <clears throat> Please notice, a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in and so all Israel will be saved. Why do we care about this? Why is it important for us to understand? Well, there are still promises God made to Abraham Isaac and Jacob that have not yet been fulfilled. They relate to the land. They relate to the, to the <clears throat> Jewish people who rejected their Messiah. Listen, the Lord Jesus Christ. They're waiting for a Messiah, but they rejected their Messiah. But they will, they will turn and be saved again in the last days. So <clears throat> observe carefully what goes on in the Middle East these days. Israel is surrounded, and it is a precursor to what will happen at the Battle of Armageddon in days ahead. Very real things in history are being prophesied by the prophets. So <clears throat> whether we pick up Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, or we go into uh, the, what we call sometimes the minor prophets, those next twelve they all speak of two things. They speak of Messiah coming two times. But the description of them sometimes are so close it's hard to pull them apart. Well, that's what we're here to do. That's what we do. So remember this. <clears throat> Though Israel for the most part today is <clears throat> uh, still angry at God if they even believe in God. Most of the Jewish people, except for a very small group, are practicing Jews. They have no temple. Uh, they, have their, they have no ability to practice sacrifices, only their synagogues. <clears throat> and for the most part, they're atheists. But one day, Israel will be saved again. Historically. And the Lord Jesus will come to Jerusalem. We'll learn as we're studying Isaiah. This is a profound thing. When Jesus comes again, the angel said as He was ascending bodily out of the, uh, into the sky, the angel said this same Jesus will come back in the same way to the earth. <clears throat> so I believe unashamedly and believe that the Lord Jesus will return as I say to you every week. The Lord is near to the door. And... Uh, when He comes again, there'll be a final battle and all the nations will fight the Lord Jesus. He will triumph. He'll take care of the devil finally. He'll reign on the earth for a thousand years and the nations will come. It will be quite an amazing time. I don't quite know where all of God's people, us Christians, will be who have gone to heaven. Um, how we participate. But we'll know about it in the glory of God. Wonderful days ahead in the midst of the trouble, the bloodshed, the hostility. And the Word of God says it only gets worse. So we must learn to understand Bible prophecy. That's why before this last eruption with um, the Palestinians, here we are. We're in a perfect place to be studying. So I pray every day, Lord, when You come, Save Israel. So how do I pray these days? I pray for those dear, dear people who are living under the darkness of Islam, 
Such a dark religion. Such a dark religion. Bondage that they might turn and follow and believe in the Lord Jesus. And I pray for Jews that they would repent and believe in their Messiah, the Lord Jesus. And remember, while the Jews and uh, the Arabs battle, there are Christians on the ground, missionaries all over the place, sharing the gospel. We really need to pray for them these days because this is a wonderful opportunity for people to be saved. Now, that's why I get all of that in order for you to understand <coughs> my outline. Because now you see the four points of the outline. I want to get to that now. Um, uh, I use these, this phrase, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Now you know why I'm using it. Because this is what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. This is what the Holy Spirit through Isaiah was saying to, uh, to God's people, to Judah. Now let's look at the outline. Number one, the Holy Spirit assures Israel that God will comfort them in their troubles. But right now, where they're at, <clears throat> Israel is rich. Israel is rich. Let's read it again. Hezekiah, uh, uh, Isaiah 39. At the time, <clears throat> at that time, <coughs> the king's son from Babylon sent letters to Hezekiah that he heard he'd been sick and was recovered. And so, verse 2, Hezekiah was pleased and showed showed the Babylonian representative all the gold and the treasures that were there in the palace of Jerusalem. He showed him he showed him all their armory, showed him all of his weapons, showed him all of his he showed him everything, as we read last week. Then Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah and said, What did these men say? And from where have they come? Hezekiah said, They've come from the far country of Babylon. He said, what have uh, they seen? And Hezekiah said, they've seen all that's in my house. There's nothing among my treasures they've not seen. And then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord. Behold, here's a, here's a prophecy, a prediction. Now, by the way, this happened a hundred years later. This very thing that he's now about to say to the king happens a hundred, about 89 to a hundred years later. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and all that your fathers have laid up in store to this day will be carried to Babylon. Nothing will be left. And some of your sons who will issue from you, whom you will beget, will be taken away and they will become officials in the palace of the king of Babylon. So Isaiah, here we see something strange. This is, this is amazing. Now the Holy Spirit of God begins to speak through this prophet who now stands and speaks. He's preaching a sermon to people in Judah. <coughs> These men would stand and preach. And he breaks into words, Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity has been removed, and that she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. You see, God judged Israel and sent them to Babylon. They were judged by God because of their idolatry and because they would not be faithful to God. So Isaiah predicts the Babylonian captivity before it comes. And that was what we just read. And I said 59, but it should be 39 on your notes. Isaiah predicts that Israel will return to the land of Babylon. Now, wait a minute, let's go back. Let's go, to our, let's go in our Bibles to Isaiah 13. Just flip over there in your Bible. And you have this many places. I can't show you all of them, but here's what you find all through this. This is what frustrates people when they read. <clears throat> We're Westerners, right? We're taught you go from A to B to C to D. Well, when you, when you uh, learn to read the Bible, sometimes you go to A and then you go to B and then you go back to A and then you go back to B. That's the way... It's laid out. So you're reading it and you're frustrated because you can't write it down and follow it. That's why people give up on the prophets. Don't. You see, they're speaking by the Spirit and things that may happen hundreds of years apart may be spoken in the same sentence. This is what's so profound about reading the prophets. 
So now just pick this up. This is a, a promise made early in Isaiah's preaching about how Israel will return from Babylon. Well, the, this is why the Jews couldn't understand these crazy preachers. We're, we're good and you're talking about us being in Babylon, in captivity. We're good, we're rich, we have everything we want. And you're talking about us being in Babylon and then you're talking about us coming back here. You see, these, these men never fit in. They were strange. But listen to these words, chapter 13. Uh, no, it should be chapter 11. I'm sorry, chapter 11. The restored remnant. I'm sorry. Then it will happen. See, this is the way the prophets preach. Then it will happen on that day that the Lord will again recover the second time with His hand the remnant of His people who will remain from Assyria, Egypt. And He lists all these nations. And from the isles of the seas. And He will lift up a standard for the nations and assemble the banished ones of Israel and will gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. <clears throat> that happened multiple times. There was a return from Babylon. Uh, there was a, first of all, they delivered from Egypt. Then they were delivered from Babylon. And then, lo and behold, in 1947, after the Second World War and the Great Holocaust and all the rest, they started gathering in the, the land of Palestine in Israel again was made a state. Are these just accidental things? No. God is at work in prophetic history. Chapter 12, verse 1, Then you will say on that day, on that day, see the day hasn't come. You'll say on that day, I will give thanks. This is what the nation of Israel will say. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for although you were angry with me, your anger is turned away. Notice, and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and song, and He has become my salvation. Comfort, O oh, comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity has been removed, that she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sin. So God's comfort for Israel, He reminds them that He is going to comfort them even when they are sitting in Babylon. <clears throat> We're reminded also of something that I wanted to speak to us about because there are wonderful truths here for us. And that is, remember this, God is a God of comfort. Even today in the harshness of war and battles and you see, you know, the news does want you to tune back in so they're going to show you whatever they can. Uh, Remember this, that in the horror and the dread and the fear and the anger and the hatred, we read Paul's words, 2 Corinthians, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And I know all of you very well in this room, and all of you as well as myself, isn't it wonderful to be comforted by our God? who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the suffering of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. The Holy Spirit assures Israel <clears throat> that He will comfort them in their trouble. Verse 2 is, the Holy Spirit assures Israel that God forgives repentant sinners. That's what he means by this phrase, speak kindly to Jerusalem. Here's what I was going to say. Here's what uh, Paul said, Paul the Apostle said. The kindness of God leads to repentance. What does that mean? That means that <clears throat> God puts up with a lot in order to give us time to repent of our sins. Aren't you glad God put up with a lot in your life? I'm glad He did in mine. God was patient. The kindness of God does what leads to repentance. You know, and then we say, <clears throat> after we repent and get right with God, oh, I should have done this a long time ago. Well, it doesn't matter when, it matters that you do it. You know, perhaps maybe the message these days to all the world is, no matter what the catastrophe, what did the Lord say? Remember when they asked Him about, over there in Luke, about uh, 
how Pilate had killed those Jews that were making their sacrifices. And what the Lord sounds harsh, but you know what He said? Unless you repent, you're going to perish too. Well, no matter how people die, the question is, are you ready to die? Have you repented of your sins and are you right with God? So here's kindness. Here's, ki here's the gospel. The gospel comforts us <clears throat> because we know Jesus died for our sins. He was buried and He rose from the, he rose from the grave. Uh, and three days later, He rose from the grave and He ascended to heaven. It comforts us. It brings us comfort. And so the Holy Spirit promises, in, uh, there at the bottom of your outline, that the war of sinning Israel with God is coming to an end. One day, Israel is going to be reconciled to Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Not to another one, but to our Lord. The Holy Spirit promises that God will forgive the sins of Israel by Messiah. By the way, He forgives our sins too, doesn't He? By Messiah. So we read, uh, I'll just read it to you, Isaiah 53. The one bad thing you all are going to hate about this in this room is we don't have a clock. There it is over there. <clears throat> I don't want to go too long. Isaiah 53, we'll look at it soon. It's the great prophetic uh, chapter on the Lord Jesus. It's so amazing how accurate it is about His suffering on the cross. <clears throat> but I'll just read Isaiah 53, verse 5. He was pierced through for our transgressions. Now this is, okay, this is Isaiah the prophet at least 500 years prior to Jesus Christ dying on the cross. Listen to the words. He, this one, this one, this promised one, would suffer. He was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastising, the chastising or the chastening of our well-being fell upon Him, and by His scourging we are healed. Wait a minute, now read it again. Speak kindly to Jerusalem, call out to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity has been removed, that she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. You see, the promise of God is forgiveness for those who will repent. The promise of God is the same for us if we'll believe in the Lord Jesus. But we must repent. That means you've got to turn away from your old ways. You know, you can't be, I'm going to be with Jesus, plus I'm going to do all my wickedness. No, you, it doesn't work. You've got to turn from your wickedness and turn to the Lord and surrender. And when you do such a thing, what happens? Oh, the joy of forgiveness. The joy of forgiveness. The Holy Spirit promises that Israel's judgment will be over in the days they believe in Messiah. Then thirdly, on the outline, let's get to the next one. The Holy Spirit calls to Israel to repent and prepare to receive their promised Messiah. Now, by the way, did you notice there are a lot of, there's a lot of speaking going on in the first 11 verses. You have... Comfort, O oh comfort my people. Notice it says, says your God. This is what God says. Then you have another voice crying in verse 3. And we talked about this in detail last week. It's the Holy Spirit. It was John the Baptist. These very words are quoted in the Gospels about John the Baptist. Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Get, get things ready. Prepare for the coming of the Lord. This is the call. There's a voice calling, and the voice still calls today. When we share the gospel with people, remember this, that God is speaking to their hearts. You may not see a difference. You may not think anything's happening when you talk to them. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your friends or grandchildren. And you say, you know, the Lord Jesus loves you. He died for your sins. And you think, well, this did no good. A voice is calling. The Holy Spirit is working. And then He says, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. All flesh will see it. Verse 5, Notice, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And then all of a sudden, a voice says. Another voice is speaking. Call out. And then we'll see that in just a moment. And then finally, there's another call in verse 9 for Jerusalem, to, for, to, for the Jews themselves to say, here is your God. And we'll talk about that, Lord willing, next week. There's quite a bit there to see. The Holy Spirit is calling for Israel to repent and prepare for the coming of the Lord. When the Lord Jesus, in fact, let's just look at it. 
<coughs> Sometimes I don't want you just to take my word for it. I want you to see it with your eyes. Go over to Mark's Gospel. <coughs> Y'all, please forgive me. I, I don't know what's the matter with me. I guess it's just honoriness. I can't get rid of this, whatever it is. Okay, Mark chapter 114. Now, after John the Baptist was taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel. And what did he say? The time is fulfilled. In other words, I'm here. The time. See, all of these prophets, all of this that we're reading, the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God, the reign of God, is at hand. What does he say? Repent and believe in the good news. Jesus is the good news. But he was preaching repentance. That's what we preach. You know, people say, you know, I, you, all you Baptists and all you people, you're just so, you know, you're so narrow. You don't, you know, you don't give any... Bro Look, the Lord said it's a narrow door through which you have to go to be saved. And the way, the narrow door is repentance. I got to get rid of everything if I'm going to follow Jesus. I can't take all my stuff with me. You got to lay it all at the door at the gate and you got to enter in through repentance. And the Holy Spirit spoke through John the Baptist to prepare Israel to meet the Lord Jesus and they rejected Him. But here's what happens. I promise you this, friends. I've witnessed it in my own life and I've seen it in the lives of my own family. I've been doing ministry for a long time and I've seen it in the lives of people, young and old alike. If you will repent you will see and experience the glory and joy of knowing God. Amen. It changes you. You can't have it until you repent. See, this is what people will say, I, I want to be like you. Well, you got to lay it all down. you got to put it aside. you got to say, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm walking away from it. Done. Finished. That's what John the Baptist came doing. He was preaching a, bapt a baptism of repentance. And the people were repenting so that they might be prepared to hear <clears throat> the most amazing preaching and teaching and ever was the Lord Jesus. So we spent a lot of time on that. I'm not going to spend much time except to read again to you. Notice, clear the way for the Lord. You got anything in the way of the Lord? Smooth, make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. I mentioned to you last week, this, this is an ancient custom that before a king would travel to a new area, they would clear the road and make it smooth and so that it wasn't rough for the king to go down the road, his entourage, to go forward. Make it smooth, let every valley be lifted up, every mountain be made low, let the rough ground become plain and rugged terrain a broad valley. All of those descriptions describe what it's like that we have to give up. Make smooth the desert way. God will meet you wherever you are. Prepare. Clear the way for the Lord. What do you and I need to do? And look, this goes on even for us as Christians. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll just ask you to turn to one other place. Revelation. Go over to the book of Revelation. So some, many of you know this well, but some of you may not. So in Revelation, the very last book in your Bible, Jesus Christ speaks to seven churches. Historic, real churches. And to all but two of them, He had one message over and over. He said, repent. So I'll just read one to you. Revelation 2.5. This is the church at Ephesus. A famous church in Ephesus in Asia Minor. In the world, you can look it up on your map or you can type in Ephesus on Google Maps and it'll pull you right to it. <clears throat> a historic church. Paul was there. John the, John the Apostle was there. Many were there. Peter was there. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen and repent. Jesus is talking to the church here. He's talking to Christians. You don't just repent to get saved. You repent in your life of things over and over as you get sin in your life, you confess it, you repent. We live a life of repentance. <clears throat> now, the Holy Spirit finally declares to Israel, and this is where I want to spend a little time, man is temporary, but God's Word and promises are eternal. You see, <clears throat> the world today doesn't believe that. Man believes that, he's, that he can live forever. And that he's now we have, and, I, and I've been trying to speak to you about this, and... 
on, uh, on Sunday mornings a little bit on Remember Your Creator. There are really smart people who call themselves transhumanists. Transhumanists really believe, truly, that they're, they're atheist evolutionary people. But they also believe in technology. And I'm talking about to a point that technology is a god. The idea is that uh, machines will be attached to a human and that will be the evolution. I've never thought of an evolutionary step being a machine hooked to my body. That that would even be good. That I'd even want that. I'm talking about to your brain. So that you might live forever. So that you might have existence. I don't know what kind of existence that would be. But it would not be human existence as God has described it. But these people really believe this. So when we talk about death and we talk about dying and we talk about how temporary life is, look, they're committed to this with billions of dollars. Seriously, there are people in Arizona in places right now, you know, really famous rich people have, have, the, have the medical people take their brain out and freeze it. Hopefully, you know, they're going to be able to have their brain put in another body and they'll come back to life. I'm not making this up. These are really smart people. They've, they've been deluded and somehow they believe they can live forever. They can outdo uh, the way God made our bodies. And now we're reminded there's a voice that calls out. It's the Holy Spirit. And the answer, and then there's a question, what do I call out? This is that dialogue. I don't, it's something, it's mysterious here. It's God speaking to God. Call out. What do I call out? Well, here's the answer. All flesh is grass. The rich people, the poor people, the famous people, the infamous people, the unknown people, all young and old, every age. All flesh is grass and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. That's what it's like. We just had our hard freeze. For people like me, <clears throat> I've been waiting for a hard freeze for weeks and weeks. Unless you have bad allergies, you don't appreciate what I'm saying. Is it dead? I ask Pat every day. Is it dead? <clears throat> the grass withers and the flowers fade. When the breath of the Lord blows upon them, Surely the people are grass. Is this meant to discourage? No, it's meant to remind us of why we need God. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flower fades. Except for the women in this room. Every one of the men. Just look at the men in this room. They're all fading away. Look at them all. Look at the one standing in front of you. Withering and fading. Now, I didn't say anything about the women. The men, withering and fading. Stuart, withering and fading. It's true, isn't it? Withering and fading. So I go to the cancer doctor. How are you? I'm withering and fading. And so are you, doctor. Oh, you think you're not? No, you too. You don't get away with it. You don't just inspect me. Inspect yourself. But notice, uh, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of the Lord, the Word of our God, stands forever. See, that's why I wanted you to see. Look how many times God is speaking here. Comfort, O comfort, says your God. Chapter 40, verse 1. Verse 2, speak kindly. God speaking again. Kindly to Jerusalem, the sinner that, that will repent. A voice calling. Again, the Holy Spirit calling. Clear the way and get right with God so that you can see the glory of the Lord. And now voice calls out and reminds us tonight as we're finishing. I, I want you to know this tonight. I've said it to this church. I don't know however many years I've been here. 10, 12, whatever it's been. You're older today than you've ever been. And I don't mean that as an insult. But you're older today than you've ever been. One more day you've been given and I've been given. The Holy Spirit declares that humans are flowers and we fade like grass. He declares that humans live only for a short while on the earth. The Holy Spirit declares that God's word and promises, though, stand forever. So 
what God predicts will happen. See, this is what I want to end with. Sometimes our dear people in our church, and I, I, I've mentioned this, my mother, in her last days, she got to a point where she was, and she loved the Lord, but she was worried, always worried about history and the news. And she worried. As a mother, God has planned and predicted. He has His hand on history. And it's not going to be any accidents. Just Let's just trust the Lord that His purposes will be accomplished. And the Lord Jesus will be glorified. What God promises will come to pass. See, we have all of the evidence of this coming all the way through the New Testament. And that's what you'll find in your New Testament. Where the, the writers of the New Testament will pick out something from the Old Testament, one of these prophecies, and they'll put it down because it's been fulfilled or will be fulfilled in Jesus' coming. So I have these last verses for us as we go. And I hope they'll be an encouragement to you. God's Word, look, studying God's Word will give you stability in your life, I promise you. That's why we do this together, but you must learn to do it for yourself. Every day, pick up God's Word. Read some of it. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand it. Read. There are a lot of helps that can help you understand it. If you don't know, we can help you with that. Many of you do this every day, and it's a blessing. The Word of God stands forever. Now, here's an example. Peter, again, he quotes from this passage in the New Testament. Peter the Apostle. Peter who followed Jesus. Notice he says, For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is, through the living and enduring Word of God. We were saved by hearing the Word of God. Jesus saves. We heard the Gospel. All flesh is grass and all its glory like the fl uh, flower <coughs> of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of our Lord endures forever. This is the word which was preached to you. And then what did the Lord Jesus say? He said, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law. Notice, until all is accomplished. Now what's he saying, smallest letter or stroke? Well, in the Hebrew language, it's sometimes a stroke, a dash, or just a stroke of the... It's, it's, uh, you'd have to look at Hebrew to see it, but you see, he's talking about the Word of God, the law of God. It's going to remain until it's all fulfilled. <coughs> and it is perfectly fulfilled in him. So now I have two that we'll be coming to in the days ahead. One of these days. I don't know how long it will take us. I have no, I'm not making any promises. You, some of you may want to quit this class because you think, okay, for the rest of his life, he's going to be in Isaiah 40 to 66. I don't know. So shall my word be which goes forth from my mouth. Now this is God speaking. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. You see, when God says it, it's going to be accomplished. That's why we read these words, Comfort, O oh comfort my people, says your God. I have a good friend who preaches in Israel a lot, Brother Tony, good Baptist preacher. And he talked, he talked to me a lot about this verse. He says when he shares with... And he's become friends with a lot of Jewish people in Israel. He's been there many, many years and gone, going back and forth and taking a lot of people. Brother Tony's a dear friend, a great preacher. He said he always shares these words from Isaiah 40 verse 1 with his Jewish friends because he knows that they know what it means. And he says, your comfort is in your Messiah and His name is Yeshua, Jesus Christ. He, he witnesses to them. So it's the comfort of the Word of God. So one last one. A Redeemer will come to Zion. See, this: a Redeemer will come to Jerusalem and to those who turn from transgression in Jacob. That's another name for Israel. Declares the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit which is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your offspring, nor from the mouth of your offspring's offspring. That's a lot of generations that will now have a covenant with relationship with God. So today, dear friends, if you hear the Holy Spirit calling, listen to what He says. Listen to what He says. When you wake up in the morning, 
Before you listen to everybody else, listen to what the Holy Spirit says. What is He saying to you? What is He saying to you? Today I'm reminded I am fading and withering, but God's Word never changes. So when I think about uh, my children and grandchildren, well, they got the Word of God. They're going to be okay. They've got the Word of God. They're going to be okay. And the Lord will always have a witness and He'll have His men and women teaching the Word of God, preaching, sharing it. And so we praise God for that. The Word of God brings us to life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank You for my friends tonight. I am astounded that Isaiah said these words to a group of people who were living in richness, prosperity with Hezekiah as king, never, never believing that their children and grandchildren would in close to a hundred years be in Babylon for a long time. And the Lord said ahead of time, Comfort, O oh comfort my people, says the Lord. There's comfort in knowing God through Jesus Christ. Lord, may it be true for all my friends who are here tonight. May they, may they gain their greatest comfort in knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. How wonderful it is that the Holy Spirit is our Comforter. Comfort us, Holy Spirit, in all our troubles. Thank You for Jesus. Thank You for my brothers and sisters. Bless them tonight as we go. In Jesus' name, Amen.